Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Johnny Carson once interviewed Betty Davis and asked if she had any advice for young starlets wanting to get ahead in Hollywood. She suggested take Fountain. Fountain Avenue runs parallel to Santa Monica and Sunset Boulevards in Hollywood and is often used to avoid the heavier traffic. And isn't that what we're all after? A smooth run, no holdups, not only in traffic, but also in life. How do people handle those holdups, the rejections? How do they create a life in the entertainment capital of the world? How do they identify and express their uniqueness in a place where hundreds of thousands are hoping to do the same? Welcome to Take Fountain. Compelling stories from passionate people who've made it, are making it, in Hollywood. Writers, comedians, actors, filmmakers. I'll talk to anyone with a story to tell. Welcome to Take Fountain, a podcast of passionate people working on their dreams. Compelling stories from Hollywood. Your host, Ella James. Hello, and I'm really pleased to introduce my guest today, um, director, Australian-American director Louise Alston, who you will know from The Will and Back of the Net on Netflix and some other productions she had in Australia before she went over to L.A. and started what has been a very successful career. Hello, Louise Alston. How are you? Hello. hello. So good to see you. Oh, yeah. Great to see you. I watched I watched Back of the Net on Netflix and I would say I'm not the target audience for it, but I thought it was the most delightful film and it had all of the things that I love, the what's happening next, the character I hated, that bitch, um, the character that I loved, oh, she's just gorgeous, are they going to get together, all of that, all of that. It was just wonderful. Oh, you, that, was that was an American production, though, shot back on, on the gold. Yeah, it was, a, it was a Disney original. It's been released in America, Disney original, and... Um, and it was made um, for the Women's World Cup. So, uh, so it was all about um, capitalising on, on that buzz and getting all the soccer kids to watch it. So, so yeah, that's cool. A couple of the, the really good soccer kids, you know, poke holes in my soccer. But, um, but that's, just, that's just because they're just... Uh, I don't know, but but it's um, that's what happens. Um, but uh, but but I'm getting, I'm still getting letters from from parents and kids who watch it all the time. So that's lovely. So if you're a soccer person, even if you're not, I mean, it's just a beautiful film on Netflix. It's called Back of the Net. Um, so thank you for creating that. It's been quite a journey for you. Uh, I mean, particularly with COVID, it's taken you back from LA to Australia. Yeah. What's that been like, kind of leaving when you were in the middle of so much and then going back? Oh, yeah. Well, it was um, I uh, March 13, Friday the 13th, 2020, um, I got up, looked at my Facebook, and if you remember that week, it had been getting worse week day by day. And by that time, CAA were ha- sent everybody home, meetings from home, studios were closed down, and I was I was about to go into pre-production on something, and so I texted my producer, 
I said, it's not going to happen, is it? And he goes, no, it's all gone. So um, I ended up um, flying with my kiddo to Australia. Um, we just took hand luggage, um, thinking that uh, we'll just go and stay with my parents-in-law in their lovely little beachside town in Australia. Um, just till it blows over, you know, a couple of, couple of months maybe. How lucky are we? Well, at that stage, they were closing the studios for two weeks. Oh. I remember it. March the 9th was the last face-to-face, in-person contact and hug I had with a friend of mine, and that was it. And my manager and agent rang me and said, they're shutting down the studios for two weeks. Here's the article in The Hollywood Reporter, and here it is in Deadline, and here it is in Variety. And we thought, okay, maybe it'll be a little longer than that. So, so you wisely took kiddo back. Luckily, luckily. So, um, so yeah, that was very. That was that was just luck. Is this wind playing havoc with your recording? No, no, no. Make it stop. You're a director. Stop. Stop the wind. Stop <laughs> the wind. Somebody, somebody. You do that very well. Stop the wind. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, sorry, but um, but we got um, yeah, we were lucky to end up in a little coastal town. Of course, we just took hand luggage. I brought pajamas and workout clothes, and um, thinking, well, I'm not going to be seeing anybody. Um, so yeah, that's that was a big surprise. Um, I have been back to LA in the meantime. Um, shot some, uh, shot some very nice Christmas film romance stuff which was a lot of fun and um and yeah that was that was how it, how it went well um, I mean that's what I was alluding to before and I do want to get into your your back history and your journey from Wagga um through the industry yes um but you know you had these successes with the um streaming site Passion Flicks and and the people that watch this are called passionistas apparently but it's a it's a huge business over here and i i think i read in one of your interviews where you indicated you know that the female voice the romance voice is kind of a bit now oh, you know uh, seen as that way but this is a multi multi-million billion dollar business that attracts oh, a huge audience as we saw with bridgerton Oh, it's giant. Yes, it's like everyone's just going, oh, my God, it just came from nowhere. But the thing is that, like, it. but in the romance world, it's been why did it take so long for people to notice how many people love, like, that's a whole, that Regency period is a whole subsection. There are so many sections of romance. It's just as complex as horror. And it has just crazy fans fans who just adore writers and adore the the subgenre that they're into like you know the the subgenres can be just as as simple as friends to lovers or um enemies to lovers or um uh single dads you know there's there's so many there's so many shades that the romance um the romance market has and um and the beautiful thing about turning these into films is there is there is an existing audience. 
Um, and what's that, what that's meant um, practically is that they don't mind who, like they don't mind actor, name actors, the name that they're following is the author. And, um, and so um, I'm working with, um, with actors doing, um, doing these um, emotional scenes um, with driven characters and um, it's really satisfying. To, to make these films um, and they're all character led and that's um, and that's the beauty of it so how did how did they find you how did you tap into this niche uh, I guess because um, it was one of those generals that we all go on oh there's a plane now that's connected someone got the plane listen I thought it would be really great if I if I did this on my balcony I'm so sorry that's okay someone's going somewhere though that's, I know, I can't believe it. There are three no, people in Spain about to pay $12,000 for quarantine. I love it. I know, they're going south, so I don't know okay. where they're going. Anyway, um, so... They're not going to Melbourne. <laughs> not going to Melbourne, maybe Sydney. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, they... Um, the, what was the question? Sorry. Um, how did you find your niche in this passion flicks market? You said it was a general. So, so for people not in the industry, a general is with your your people, your managers, your agents send you out to meet uh, somebody. In my case, it would be a casting director. In your case, it would be a studio or producers or production house. Uh, so that they can know you, know your work, and next time something comes up, they think Louise Alston or Ella James, and mm. away we go. But it worked yeah. for you. It was great. It was great. Um, and um, I had a general with Tosca Musk, and then um, and she owns the company, and um, and the company is it's um, uh, it's basically the the whole reason it, it exists is to turn these best-selling novels uh, with existing audiences into films and it's subscriber-based. So um, uh, I just started sending her some... Uh, <laughs> I started sending her some clips of some romance stuff. Do you want me to move? I can no. move. No, 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 no. That was my motorbike and I can't Your move. Motorbike. Oh, I, sorry. That's okay. It makes anyway. it interesting. It gives us atmosphere. I mean, I'm in I'm in Hollywood for heaven's sake. <laughs> here's, here's to here's to lockdown ingenuity. Um, right, exactly. So anyway, I yeah I just kept sending her some clips and um, and remaining enthusiastic and um, and I got a call. I was sent a script um, for the will and um, and we made it in Boston. It was lovely. It was great. And when you when you went back to Australia, did you have a feeling of fear of what am I going to miss out or I built all of this up? Or, I mean, I, I know initially you just thought it was going to be short-lived, but how did you feel about making that change? Well, the funny thing is about this whole period is the lack of FOMO. Okay. Yeah. You know, I feel like everybody's in the same boat, and um, and everybody is, um, you know, just mucking around, and and everyone's got the same sort of um, coming against the same big questions. What am I doing? Where am I going? And um, 
I guess I guess we always have these in as creatives, but I, I think this in particular has sort of brought it out, um, and we're all just sort of talking about it. I think even yeah. more than usual. Like you know, how you cope is the start of a is the start of a meeting. You know. Yeah, yeah, and there's no more. Um, like I, I only get from my Australian friends. So what are you up to? And I'm like, well. As you know, I don't go anywhere, so not a lot. You know, like all of my auditions are self tapes. Yeah. Um, I'm up for something in Atlanta at the moment, getting on a plane and yeah. doing the whole testing, the PCR testing and the quarantining and and all of that. But they've got it nailed now, you know. Um, but largely, you know, I talk to my stuffed animals and do a lot of yoga classes, and I've taken up knitting. Um, but I think my meetings um, with casting directors and I've taken some new agents and so on since all of this happened um, have been on Zoom. Um, I wear complete clothes because uh, I can't talk seriously to somebody in pyjama bottoms. I did try what? it and they asked me to get up and get something. And it was, I know, and I was like, Oh, hang on, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's made things. Um, I I feel a lot more relaxed. I feel a lot more in touch with people, having to have really authentic, organic conversations with people who maybe before I would have had that. Um, no matter how confident you are, there is always the need to impress somebody further up the food chain who can do a lot for you. And that, that's kind of gone because we are all in all in this together. Yeah, I agree. There is right now a big truck and an airplane. Excellent. Um, so, so got the big truck and it's absolutely. But I want to you. agree with you. I, we can hear you. That's and I'm going to get good, periodic good. traffic. And because of the time of day it is, and I live on a main road. Um, there are frequently workers coming home in trucks and they play mariachi music. And so it's going to make you homesick when you hear it mm. because it's it's really, it's like da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da. It's, it's like the ice cream truck of, mm. of living at Bondi, you know. It's mm. that kind of iconic thing. Um, do you miss L.A.? I do miss L.A. And you know who misses it even more than me? My daughter. Really? Yeah, she um, she refuses to um, change her language. She loves to use American words. That she sort of feels like that's that's kind of defiantly remaining American. And for so for over a year, she's been telling people that um, that uh, that we that we 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 usually live in America. So you know, I've just we've just sort of had the conversations about how. Um, you know, kids all around the world are, are having strange times, stra strange years, strange times, and we've discussed the virus and what it means. And, and you know, over the years she's got bigger and had a better understanding of it. So, um, so that's been good. But having a kid is really good at times like this. You know, I guess anybody who's who's a bit creative and in this industry, you can get very. Um, very one-eyed about things and so somehow um, you've got to have something that you step outside 
to give yourself perspective, you know, yep. to have your to have your yoga time, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe my time. You disappeared from my screen, oh. and I'm wondering, did you get a call into your system or something? No. Should okay. we? Okay. Well, we no, it's okay. We're still we're still recording. The main thing, the main thing is we're still recording, and I'm not a technical person, so. Well, you know, if I was watching this, I would be getting really annoyed by all of the um, technical stuff. So I'm just going to walk inside. Okay. And, um, and we can. Oh, that's better, and that's done the trick. Now I've got you back. Yay! Let's go inside, and um, and I'm going to walk into my daughter's room, and then um, uh, I will say lots of useful things to make people's time worthwhile. No, you are saying useful things. Can I? I love that hat. Oh, thank you. It's got a bigger brim than usual. It's a freebie. It's from Sigma Cine, so I think you can get really good lenses from them. But they That's gave my uh, my favourite kind of hat is a freebie. This is Take Fountain with Ella James. So let's go back, way mm-hmm. back, back at the time. Oh, yeah. um, so you're a you're a Wagga girl. Yes. Um, you don't call gin, 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 but you can call wogga, wogga, wogga. <laughs> uh, That's right. You know the song. <laughs> when you um, were you were you uh, were you somebody who who wanted to be a director from the get go, or what did you see yourself wanting to wanting to be when you were a little person? Well, when I was little, I wanted to be Murphy Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but that job was taken by you, maybe. Um, so I um, so um, but I always loved movies. I was a bit, a little bit obsessed with movies, and um, of course, I always thought I was wasting my time when I came home from the from the video store with like a pile of you know ten for two dollars kind of um, videos to watch. Um, and but that. That's what I love to do, just watching lots of movies and, um, and you know, reading books and just loving story. I, I used to write as well. I was very into writing and just I love story. What do you say you used to write? I mean, you still write. We met at a writer's class. Are you still writing or? I do write. I do, but when we're talking about being a kid, I was a big, I, I used to think I would be an author. Oh, Okay. Sometimes when I when people um, talk about you know would you impress your childhood self, I think my childhood self would be like oh yeah, four movies that's fine. Have you written a book yet? <laughs> and I just shut up, me. <laughs> I um I wrote a book during isolation and I got a, a savage letdown. Yeah, um, the agent said it's a great story. It's really interesting and it's well written, but it needs a professional editor to give it structure and then announced a telephone book of numbers for the cost of that. And uh, and I kind of went, okay. <laughs> so it may be something that I return to or, or because it was memoir-based, um, I might even start writing it as a third-person fiction and just add in stories that I want. You know, sounds, sounds good. I'm not. I'm not a confident writer. I finished. Well, you know, I finished the script that I was working on when you and I met, oh, and really? registered with the Writers Guild. Yeah, I got that far. 
Um, And then I and then I paid 200 bucks to get some notes on it. And um, and once again, I seemingly have a problem with not being able to move forward when I get notes. (laughs) I just need to do I just need to do um, I just need to do a little bit more work on it. But I mean, I think this this time has thrown everything for a loop. So I started focusing very much on the here and now, like um, the auditions that I had to do, the jobs that were coming in to make money and put food on the table. I took up knitting so that I had something that was absolutely not related to getting paid, but I could do that would take my mind off, um, you know, the crazy things. But anyway, back to you as a child. Um, so, So you finished school in Wagga and then you... You got into afters. Was that the progression? Yeah. Well, I went to UNSW, did um, uh, English and theatre there, and I um, I then went back to Wagga, where I got a job at the local TV news. So um, I was an editor of the local TV news. So it was cat shows. Um, cattle sales, rainfall, all that sort of, you know, really exciting stuff. And, um, you know, um, Miss Wagga Wagga pageant, that sort of thing. And um, and in the end I, um, I, from there, applied to afters and got in. So I, the National Film School in Australia and that um, – and that was very exciting. I did some work there and then I – um, about a year after that, I had a major motor vehicle accident. I don't know if I've told you this. Maybe I have, but um, I had a major um accident where I I broke seventeen bones, snapped my shin in half, and um, uh, the ambulance report said amputated leg. But I was super lucky to be in the right place at the right time. I was run over on Parramatta Road right near RPA Hospital and they managed to get a um, pulse in my toe that night. And um, then I got a, um, I had a, and then uh, they were moving me and um, thinking cinematically, things started beeping and buzzing and um, and my brain was swelling from um, from, from bruising. And so they had to take me into emergency surgery in the middle of the night and I have a hole in my skull right there where they drilled a hole to give space for my brain to, brain to expand and, um, and recover from the bruising. Um, and so I woke up from my coma two weeks later uh, with, with amnesia. Um, so... Um, I have a unique experience of that cinematic trope of the amnesic person. So, um, so that how long was... did it take? How long did it take for? I mean, that must have been like awful because you're the people who love you would have walked into the hospital room and you wouldn't know who they are. Well, um, I remembered my mum. I remembered my aunt, but then when my boyfriend walked in. They said, oh, look who's here. And I'd say, hi. Oh, my God, no. 
But um, it was like it was like it's like it's like when I visit my my dear grandmother now. Some days she rem- remembers me. Sometimes she doesn't, and that's and um, I think uh, and and I'm fine. I know what that's like. Mm. Like you know, and then but if someone comes in and you know that you don't remember them, but they're really nice to you, you just go, oh, that's nice. I'll be nice back. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's um, I know what that experience is. And um, and so yeah, wow. uh, my recovery from that accident took about five years. Well, they said uh, from this kind of injury, it'll take you two years, but I knew in my heart that it would take me five years. And on the fifth anniversary of being run over on that morning, um, I said action on my first ever feature film on the first day of photography, and that was almost an accident that I got that exact day. Oh, God, I just got shivers. That's um, that's the magic. That's the magic. Um, in, in all of these interviews that I do, um, I spoke to Will McCormack a couple of weeks ago, the co-creator of the Netflix hit, If Anything Happens, I Love You, oh, the 12-minute yeah. short about school shootings and grief. Um, and it's gone off. It's just got a nomination for, for the awards, uh, right. Screen Actors Guild Awards, um, and it got lifted on TikTokers, started filming themselves before they watched it and after they watched it, and he had 55 million imprints on TikTok and it became number one on Netflix. And, and when I said to him, how did this writing start? Because when I, when I just very quickly, when I met him out walking, um, it, it was like, uh, I, I was like, so what do you do? And he said, I'm a writer. And I said, anything I'd know. And he went, Toy Story 4. And I was like, okay. And, um, and so getting to talk to him about this latest success. And he said, I was at an acting school in the Valley and I met this guy and we started writing together. And he and I discussed the fact that there is the there's the preparation, there's the skill, and then there's the magic. And the magic has to come in. And so you've got to be open to the magic. You can't just deny it or, or look around at what other people are doing. You've just got to head down, bum up, and believe. Mm. But after five-year recovery that would challenge anyone. That's amazing. I'm so glad you're well. <laughs> well, thank you. I am too. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's, it was a, a big experience and, um, and the recovery was difficult. Um, I was, I was, I had the, um, I had the one flew over the cuckoo's nest experience, or the, um, or even the, the um, uh, bell jar experience when I was in a um, brain injury rehabilitation unit that was locked, and um, and it was not a very good experience for me. No. I don't want to um, go on about that, but um, but that was. Quite um, that was big, but anyway, the um, you, you, when you take that kind of energy into your body, um, it's um, 
I made a decision because that energy's got to go somewhere, and I felt like um, the you and and you know if you don't use it, it'll turn black. So I just felt like if you um, if you use it like use it like a gift and and make it the power that pushes you forward. And I and I had the, a question for myself, which was. Um, uh, can you do the thing you cannot do? And for me, the answer to that, the thing I couldn't do was a feature film. And um, and so that's where I pointed everything <laughs> to, that. to making that happen. I'm so glad that happened. And was that, was that um, uh, back of the net or...? No, that was um, a film called All My Friends Are Leaving Brisbane. Okay, and that really launched you, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was written by a boyfriend who I didn't remember. <laughs> Turned out he was a nice guy. But um, but he wrote it. He um, is now my husband and her daughter. And um, he wrote All My Friends Are Leaving Brisbane and he was also a collaborator on um, Juicy, which was my second feature. So, um, yeah. So we're keeping it all in the family. Well, it's nice to have someone around who you can collaborate with. Yeah, absolutely. This has been fantastic, and I've I've learned more about you than than I've known before. I think when we've um, infrequently got together in the past, it's been to talk about the industry and writing and and so on. And and I'm so sorry I didn't in the past ask more about you. Um, no, I've kept it quiet. Like I've only like I've only just started to talk to people about it. I think enough time has passed. Like I think the anniversary of it is um, the fifth of of January, um, and when that came past this year, um, that was I felt like okay, yeah, I'll move move that forward a little bit in my heart, I guess. Um, so maybe if you'd talked to me about last year, it would have been a little more cagey. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's cool. Not, now That's I'm cool. a little bit, yeah, now I'm a bit more, I will own it as something that, um, that has motivated me creatively. So, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what you produce next. And, uh, we're all getting vaccinated over here. Oh, so. I know. Go like you don't have the virus, but we're also our cases are way down, so we're doing really well. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. Well, the schools are opening again. Yes. So, um, I'm going. So I'm starting to make all the plans, and um, and yes, yeah, so that's exciting. Well, I look forward to touching elbows with you, and um, it's going to be a new world. But I think it's exciting. I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, are we allowed to? Yeah, I know. I think it's just. That's the goal. I've got to go and buy more black masks. <laughs> okay, my darling. Well, love to you and the fam. So lovely. Thank you for your time. And it was just wonderful. Well, yeah, thank you. And um, I, I hope it wasn't, was a bit of a slow start and a complicated start. But I think, I think we sort of, you know, I should have been sitting on my, on my daughter's bed um, a lot earlier. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> bye bye, Louise Alston. Bye, my love, Ella.
See you next time. You've been listening to Tate Fountain with Ella James. Available at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio or your favourite podcast player. You can also stream on demand at Bytes.com. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.